Hello and welcome to Wild Sessions. I'm Henrietta Norton, a parent, nutritional practitioner, author and founder of Wild Nutrition. In this series, I'll be sitting down with some excellent professionals who will share their depth of knowledge and back it all up with practical advice. I'll also be sharing real-life experiences from women and men who have navigated the twists and turns of health at every life stage. For this episode, I'm talking to Lorna Driver-Davies, and I'm really excited to talk to her because Lorna is our head of nutrition at Wild Nutrition. She's also a naturopathic nutritionist and a herbal medicine dispenser and a font of knowledge, particularly on the subject that we're going to unpick today, which is perimenopause and menopause. It literally is round the kitchen table and the animals are likely to be in and out. So please excuse the background noise. Lorna, it's just amazing to have you here. And today we are going to take a bit of a deep dive into what's called the menopause, but it's actually broken down into different stages. And I hope that what we're going to do is to help people to understand what's going on with their body a little bit better. Absolutely, um, yes. And tell everybody, I know a lot about you, but tell everybody <laughs> else more about you and where, where um, how you got into nutrition. So I was like a child in the 80s who was having rice cakes and avocado before they were cool. So oh, this I feel was, your pain. Yes, yeah. this is very uncool in the 80s at school yeah. and everyone else has got wagon wheels and yeah, white bread. Yeah, yeah. But as I got older, I felt very lucky to have such good health. So it was like a natural transition to want to be a nutritionist and I've been practising for over a decade and I have a passion for women's health. Everything from adolescent health all the way through to perimenopause and menopause. Can we talk about what defines perimenopause, menopause and then postmenopause? Yes, yeah, sure. The Latin meaning of perimenopause being before, around, menstruation, pause, stopping menstruation. So perimenopause can be you know, up to 10 years prior to actually uh, cessation of periods, women might go then and seek help. But actually all the other symptoms, signs, you you could have been going through perimenopause for a lot longer than beforehand. So perimenopause is going to be starting to happen at around, I would say, early 40s, kind of mid 40s. Quite a good useful thing is to actually try and ask your mum when she went through menopause. Yes. Because it can give you a bit of a timeline. In fact, if your granny's still alive, she might also be able to, to give you a comment. And if you're noticing some kind of odd symptoms going on or something's going on with your menstrual cycle and other symptoms and you're under 40 do get that checked out because it could be something else going on what perimenopause is is the lead up to the end of your periods you know the end of your fertile years what you might start to notice is a change in your cycle and it could be that your cycle is becoming shorter or longer you might notice some changes in your bleeding and menstruation Um, one of the things that's going on eventually is that you're going to stop ovulating but you might still then be having periods still so when we're saying changes in um, menstruation it can be anything from heavier heavier lighter lighter. yeah yeah yeah, so you can still keep that pattern of regularity kind of which i think is a bit that can sometimes be quite mysterious yeah i think well surely i can't be going through it because my cycle is still very regular and when there's not ovulation going on because obviously you can be menstruating but there's no ovulation going Mm. on then you're not going to get that dose of progesterone that you'd get in the second half of the cycle. So you can often then start to see heavier periods. And that's an interesting one around nutrient loss as well. Mm-hmm. And things like iron, for example. So you might then also start to notice that you're getting more tired. Now, that is also a related symptom of perimenopause. Changes in energy, you know, changes in your sleep, mood changes, feel a bit more vulnerable. They feel a bit more like they can't tolerate stress as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a perfect illustration of how complex and 
integrated all the systems are in the body yeah so you know what you think is going to be a very physical experience yeah change of menstruation yeah hormonal changes actually ends up being something that you experience in your brain in your emotions Absolutely. And so it's yeah. all of those yeah. signs as well yeah. we're so wedded to our cycle and hormones and so much of our personality and our brain and our ability to process information is really powered by a lot of those amazing hormones. At that stage, you might start to be having lower levels of testosterone. And testosterone gives us loads of drive and it helps things like sleep and mood and sex drive and gives us muscle tone. So if you've got lower levels of hormones as you're kind of going through that phase towards menopause, you know, you're not going to feel like you did. So just to recap on that, there are biochemical changes that are starting to happen under the skin and can be disguised as things that we wouldn't necessarily put down to no. menopause. Changes emotionally, changes psychologically. Yes. Feeling just slightly out of kilter. Yeah. But your cycle can remain the same. Yes. Nuances, nuanced changes there, maybe longer, shorter, heavier. Mm-hmm. But still regular menstruation can still be occurring. Yes. And that yeah. can be for anywhere between two and ten years, can't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. And then what do we define as menopause? So menopause is medically defined as no period for more than 12 months. Yeah. And actually, the five years after you've actually had that 12 months are also special post-menopause years that also need support and help because you've got very low very low levels of hormones then and your body is expecting those hormones to kind of be around because actually estrogen is often thought about in terms of menstruation in terms of reproduction but actually we have cells in our brain and in all over our body that respond to estrogen so the amount of estrogen that we have in our body particular types of estrogen Mm. that we have in our body can determine how well our heart functions yeah well our brain functions so actually when we see a decline in estrogen we can sometimes see a decline in those cognitive functions as well and so that's why it's so need supporting interesting point on that one is that alzheimer's is more common in women than getting breast cancer we're not talking enough about women's brain function and that relationship to hormones and it's really important and you know in full menopause for example back to the heart suddenly the stats go up on high blood pressure, heart attacks, that kind of thing. And women are like, this is so strange. I cycle every day, I eat really good food, I take my supplements. Why have I got high blood pressure? It's like, well, you haven't got the estrogen there because estrogen is really calming and soothing and kind of just settles everything. If somebody wanted to know definitively what stage they are at Mm -hmm. and they went to a doctor or, in the case of us, a functional medicine practitioner who would look not only at what's happening with your hormonal regulation Mm -hmm. but is looking at various other things that we know to be so incredibly important lifestyle food intake supplementation nutrient deficiencies so many other functions what do you think is the most important thing for them to go and ask for if you still have a still having a cycle so we're talking about perimenopause still then i would recommend having a day three cycle test Mm -hmm. This is to have hormones such as FSH, uh, LH checked, progesterone, estrogen. Progesterone is harder to check on that day because obviously you wouldn't get a natural rise, but sometimes it can be added in on that day if you want to. I would probably even check testosterone and actually the thyroid. Mm. So I always put that in because actually there's a big relationship between how our cycle functions and our hormones. Sometimes I've seen women who are beginning to get thyroid symptoms because they're going into perimenopause. 
So one of the topical conversations at the moment is around HRT and there's been a huge amount of awareness being built up around menopause and particularly around the benefits of HRT, which can play a really central role in a woman's experience of going through the menopause and Mm -hmm. an improvement of symptoms. What I would like us to discuss is the limitations of HRT from that perspective, because HRT is hormone replacement therapy. And actually, perimenopausally, menopausally, and then postmenopausally, what we want to be doing is we want to be encouraging the body's own production of a different type of hormone, of different type of estrogen, but it's so important to produce those manufacturing sites in the body supporting immunity and various other functions. So I just wanted to talk a little bit around HRT may be part of that process or not, Mm -hmm. but what other factors can women look to support to improve their symptoms? So I think consider the role of the adrenal glands. Yes. So when you are in your menstruating years, production is coming from your ovaries and you're producing stronger amounts of a type of estrogen because estrogen is subcategorized, not just kind of one estrogen. And so when you're going into menopause, it's this shift into having hormones produced just by the adrenal glands. And a little bit of fat tissue as yes, well, which is exactly. a little bit of holding yeah, 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 fat yeah. samples. Yeah, which actually is why you want to be not too skinny yeah. when you're going into that stage. Yeah. A lot of the narrative around the adrenal glands that a lot of people might know is we talk about stress. This is where like, stress mm-hmm. hormones are produced. So mm-hmm. if you've got a lot of stress going on and the adrenal glands are being used for you to kind of deal with and manage stress mm. and they won't be then doing a fantastic job of producing these smaller amounts of hormones that are really important so one of the things to do is to look at whether you are being kind to your adrenal glands and how are you looking after them mm. and that is going to be stress supporting. management it can just be that life is quite busy and it's quite a juggle you could be biologically stressing yourself going to a spin class every day and feeling exhausted at the end of it even if the rest of your life isn't stressful working on stress management is probably going to give you a much better experience of yes. perimenopause for yeah. sure the phrase that comes to <laughs> mind is robbing peter to play a pool if you're using up a lot of your resources then absolutely that's yeah. going to present itself more explicitly because yeah. the body won't be able to manufacture hormones in the way uh, that it needs yeah. to in the different way it needs yeah. to yeah so stress management a big one and then things that come with that are sleep and how important sleep is for also helping our you know our hormonal cycle is part of our circadian rhythm so really nurturing that in terms of food nutrition and what 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 sort of things would i advise i go on and on about vitamin d and omega-3 because Mm -hmm. those are two components in nutrition that a lot of people don't get right So vitamin D has a hormonal role in the body Mm. and plays a big role in women's health all the way through your whole life. In fact, Mm. we correlate low levels of vitamin D with gynae conditions like PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids, that sort of thing. So vitamin D is super important. So if it's not coming from sunshine, then definitely supplementation. Mm -hmm. Um, And our vitamin D is amazing because it's Mm -hmm. in a biologically active form. And then omega-3, so from oily fish or supplementation, is super important because the omega-3 is going to be supporting hormone production because it's literally the raw materials of the hormones. So if you don't put the ingredients in the cake, you can't make the cake. Uh, Omega-3 is anti-inflammatory. And actually, as you go through those perimenopause, menopause years, you do actually become slightly more able to become inflamed because you've got these hormone changes going on. And actually that happens because the hormones are getting lower, but also sometimes you can get 
estrogen dominance or mm. high estrogen mm. in perimenopause, which can be quite inflammatory. You know, stoke the fire. It can or stoke the, the fire. fire. Yeah. You know, sixty percent of your brain is fat. You really want to be feeding your brain at this time. The next thing is making sure you're getting lots of really great fiber in the diet for lots of reasons. So, fiber from fruit and vegetables, but also we want the vegetables for all the amazing phytonutrients, all the antioxidants, because again, the immune system changes at this time. And essentially what's happening in full menopause is you actually have a slightly weaker immune system, which is why you're more likely to get inflamed or things don't heal as well, or you're a bit more vulnerable and maybe catch colds more easily. Again, getting lots of fiber, lots of antioxidants from amazing kind of vegetables and things is important, but also we want to be looking at hormone metabolism, particularly if you've got elevations of hormones kind of going up and down. And why fiber is important is that's going to be a way of helping you to excrete those hormones when you don't need them anymore. Mm -hmm. So I love cruciferous vegetables Mm -hmm. and they're delicious and tasty but they are also going to help you manage your hormone levels and keeping things in balance as well so and i think that's really been validated in the emerging science that's coming through emerging research about how important gut bacteria diversity the microbiome is for hormonal regulation so at any stage so that doesn't that's not unique to the menopause but how important the role that that has on how well we can regulate and produce our hormones and try and get as much magnesium into a diet as possible so we're looking at dark green vegetables we're looking at you know nuts and seeds meat and fish and what magnesium is going to do is well it's got 300 plus jobs in the body Mm -hmm. so it's going to be great for the adrenal glands great if you're stressed brilliant for sleep really great for your brain for mood i mean it's a bit of a massive it's a bit of a desert island item isn't it and i think people said is there a diet you would lean towards? I would say, you know, Mediterranean diet, really, I think, accessible for lots of people, gives you a lot of really great, lots of healthy fats like avocado, olives, that sort of thing. And actually, again, as you're going later on towards menopause, you probably will feel like that things are getting more dry. So this is why the essential fats are really important, like dry hair, dry skin, dry vagina, dry eyes, dry nose. So you want to be getting these things in earlier on. And going back to the gut, the Mediterranean diet is really great for the gut and therefore it'll be really great for helping you to manage this estrogen gut relationship Mm -hmm. going on amazing and then would you say less booze as well less booze now actually that's another podcast in itself (laughs) because you know one of the things actually that when clients level and go do you know what i just can't take the amount of wine that i used to or yeah oh gosh um, yeah yeah there is bad hangovers from like one glass of wine and it's not that sort of i just can't take my booze anymore. there is a reason why we can't take our booze anymore because the enzymes in our liver that help us to break down booze are changing at that stage in our life as well and that's not unique to women that's a natural part of what happens will say i've started to almost see a pattern that my perimenopause symptoms feel worse if i have a bit too much wine exactly or if i have just one more gnt or whatever we're not saying suddenly go and live in a cave in the outer hebrides and never drink or something we're not saying that but actually it's just being aware that probably your tolerance isn't as good save that lovely glass of wine for the weekend you don't have three glasses and the impact that it has on blood sugar levels Uh, yeah blood sugar regulation being a key component can amplify symptoms or decrease symptoms yeah yeah and also perhaps we should just very quickly talk about the impact that those breakdown materials have on estrogen as well and aromatase. yes yeah and if you're wanting your body to be working well for you but you keep putting something in that is also quite hard work for your body to deal with because things like alcohol are what we call an anti-nutrient it's a lot of work to detox that out
Lorna, can we talk about herbal medicine, particularly at this stage, yes. actually, and for any hormonal regulation or dysregulation yeah. issue? Can you talk yes. to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think my two favourite ones are going to be ashwagandha. Yeah. And Don Kwai. Ashwagandha is an adaptogen, which means that it helps us to adapt to things. If you need help in any kind of area in the body, it will go there and support that. So it could be that maybe you need to feel calmer, or maybe your energy needs to be better, or maybe you need to sleep better. Ashwagandha is amazing. It will know what it needs to do. And the ashwagandha that we use is amazing because obviously we use a clinically trialed ashwagandha. There's great research around supporting hormone production as well. And not just that, but going back to the adrenal glands, supporting those glands so that they can also produce hormones as yeah, well you know stress. it's such an amazing herb it's such a lifesaver i mean we get these amazing reviews don't we people are like, oh my god it changed <laughs> it my life incredible. you know it's incredible it is such a wonderful ayurvedic beautiful gorgeous herb and i love using a rather it. a rather shameless plug here as well but it is but it is combined we yeah. have combined it with magnesium so i mean for those very reasons that exactly. it's actually the perfect nerve tonic plus yeah. also yeah. the mineral that most people need to help yeah. manage stress and yes. to, to, yeah mm. you know so actually you know sleep. people talk about adrenal glands but the nervous system is so important because mm. if you're scared or you're worried about something or you're stressed you're getting a nervous system response before you're getting an adrenal response some people don't feel stressed and things but they might feel nervy and kind of a bit rattled and frazzled so actually ashwagandha is just really great at just taking the volume down so i think that sort of sense of calm and peace and look it doesn't mean that suddenly all your symptoms go away it's about riding those waves a little bit more easily we're not static no, creatures no we, exactly like yeah. it or lump it but we were not created to remain static we were always yeah. trying to find that yeah equilibrium. exactly but it's just it's just moderating the ebb and flow of that yeah totally um, yeah and then don quai don quai mm. amazing women's herb and it's actually a herb that's amazing in adolescence in your fertile years but again it's so supportive in in pre-menopause and menopause years and actually what's nice about don quai is that you don't need to know where you're at too much with it. You can sort of, you can put it in, in those pre-menopause years and in those menopause years, and it's going to be really supportive. Mm. So it's really great for improving blood flow around the body. It'll help to, the sort of big thing here is that you're helping to modulate existing hormones, but also to help you with production of your own estrogen as well. Mm. So it's really like a tonic. It's very yeah. kind of modulating. It sort uh, of meets lovely. your body yes. where it is, it, wherever yeah. it needs to it be met. Will, exactly. Okay. Sometimes... If HRT isn't prescribed properly or you're not having regular tests, the dose that you're taking might not be right. Mm. The, the cocktail might not be right. So what's nice about herbs like ashwagandha and donkwai is it's like having a really good thermostat. Yes. Like you need a little bit more of this. No, no, you need a little bit less of that. Mm. I need to go here and do this. I need to go that and do that. Whereas, you know, sometimes with drugs, it's less sophisticated, actually. Yes. So, so what, It works what, with your body's intelligence. Yeah. And what's great about this is that we've got this ancient usage but this stuff is really well researched and fantastic so Lorna such an amazing body of information there so if I just recap it for anybody who just wants the kind of bullet so it's it's more fiber yes so fruits and vegetables in plant, your anti- diet. plant Pla- antioxidants plant plant antioxidants yes fish oil omega-3 yes either through oily fish or taking supplementation yes. mm-hmm. Um, vitamin D yes again through food but it's harder to get it in in the diet so again supplementing with vitamin D lifestyle management getting as much sleep as you Mm -hmm. can anything that supports that so magnesium getting a good sleep hygiene Mm -hmm. so going to bed at a regular time waking up at a regular time 
And other stress management tools like mindfulness or whatever. I mean, the mindfulness and meditation can be so off-putting for so many people. Mm-hmm. So let's just call it stillness or time out, pausing. Yeah. And then you've also mentioned ashwagandha. So we talked about actually our ashwagandha plus. It's got the magnesium in it. And also Don Kwai, which can be found in our botanical menopause complex. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In relation to sort of um, adrenal function and stress management and how a lot of women actually, a lot of people, turn to exercise for that. And mm-hmm. there is a sweet spot with exercise, isn't there? There's yes. that sweet spot of where it's really working with your body. And then there can mm-hmm. be times when it's actually adding more stress onto the body yes, and, yeah. and how important changing things like that can be yeah. at a time when our body's going through a lot of change totally. so we talk about adjusting exercise around your cycle so like not really pushing yourself when you're pre-menstrual or during menstruation and maybe having days where you've got more energy to do more full-on exercise so like adjusting it so actually we take that and we kind of put that same thing into perimenopause in that it's about picking exercise where you love it and enjoy it but not pushing yourself And you're not going to get a badge of honour for doing a spin class at nine o'clock at night because you think you've achieved something. Actually, there'll be a kickback. You might not immediately see it, but there will be a kickback somewhere else. It's the voice in your head going, do you know what? Today, I just don't feel like I can push myself that much. But Mm -hmm. then maybe in two days time, you just, you get, you know, you had really good sleep, you feel better. And then you want to go and play tennis for a few hours. So it could Mm -hmm. be that those days before that, where you were feeling a little bit more tired and things that you just did some gentle stretching. You went for a lovely long walk. Because also, I think this should be a time where you try and carve out time for yourself as well. Because around perimenopause, particularly women have got children, what you tend to find is that they've got teenagers in the house and it's quite you know it's quite a busy full-on sort of life and Mm. mums will say I just don't get any time on my own or if I have a bath that's time on my own Mm. so you know we both like wild swimming don't we Mm. and it's like you know I know you have that time to go and disappear off on your own and just do it no no husband no business no kids just you and the water and how lovely that is Mm. so I think it's also it could be that you're looking for different types of activities to go with your new lifestyle so not losing exercise it's having a review of well, it. Well, I, I definitely find that certainly in my 20s, I might, living a more urban life, so I might have gone to a gym. Now yeah. I'm so pulled to, to exercising in nature oh, and the too. impact yeah. that that has. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no pun intended, but building in pause mm-hmm. into our life is so incredibly important yeah. no matter what life stage you at. But I feel, and you know, I, I can bring personal experience into this as a woman in my mid-40s, you know, who's encroaching on this time in my life. Mm-hmm actually building pause in every day it's not about the two-week holiday once a year in the summer burning it burning it demanding life busy working children and then two weeks holiday for me the gift is in pauses every day consistent every day little kind of but I started doing this so I get get up in the morning and actually go outside with no shoes on and just ground for a few minutes on the grass and just be still for a few minutes considering the rest of the day will be really quite full on and busy in a nice way that's starting the day like that and it only takes like two or three minutes i was gonna say a little actually goes a very long way yeah Yeah. and actually i've been doing it for so long now you just do it without even thinking and Mm. it just i feel so much better Mm. it's good moment to pause absolutely (laughs) and and my gosh we need it yeah um particularly i feel like in this last year and a half i mean you know it's just been very little time to pause so you mentioned how important sleep is yes. and I absolutely fully agree with that as does as does the evidence the mounting <laughs> evidence yeah. um, around sleep circadian rhythms and hormonal health so if somebody is 
struggling, being challenged with their sleep, what mm-hmm. would you recommend? Well, what I do often is think what's happening in the beginning of the day, because a lot of people will focus on sleep as the bit that happens in the evening, which obviously it does, but it's like how you start your day. So I'd be looking at things like, is there enough magnesium in the diet? Are things like ashwagandha going to kind of help? Because if the sleep is hormone related, do we need some help from that kind of side? Are they low in vitamin D? This will affect your sleep waking cycles. So if you feel like you're listening to this and your sleep is getting poorer because you're in pro-menopause, there are things that you can do. And then if you sleep better, you probably find your pro-menopause symptoms are be better. better and easier to manage. So there are solutions for that. And that's and there are the great supplements and herbs that will really, really help with that for sure. So Luna, you've given such a, an amazing amount of information and there will no doubt be people thinking, I'm going to employ some of those tips and hints that you've given, but there will also be people that will be thinking, actually, I need to look deeper. I need to, you know, because actually one of the things that the menopause or perimenopause highlights is just how incredibly, incredible actually the body is. You know, it really is a scientific marvel, so complex. And Mm so if we've also highlighted the fact that it's not a simple take HRT and it's done, If somebody wants deeper advice, yes. if somebody wants deeper support, what would you recommend? So we have a fantastic consultation service, which you can book online on the website and you can book in for a 15 minute consultation or 45 minutes if you want to go deeper. And what my fantastic team will do is really find out more about you as an individual, because health is very individual, and work out, do you need this herb? Do you need this you know, nutrient? Are there additions to your diet that you can make? And it's actually your chance for someone to really listen to you and really engage and hear you and hear your symptoms and then actually help you work out what would be right for you to take because also health's a journey so what's right for you maybe for like a couple of months might need to change after that absolutely as well and that's why you can book in as much as you as as you like as you kind of go through this journey and that's your opportunity also to ask more about the products and nutrients and have that time for you essentially Well, Lorna, I mean, it's just been lovely, as always, to chew the cup Thank with you. Thank you for you. having I me know we could and the do animals. this for a long time, <laughs> all the animals. And I just really hope that where women are seeing this stage in their life as something that they're wanting to get as far away yeah, from, terrified it. of dreading it, dreading exactly, it. Yeah. that's exactly yeah. the term. Or when they're going through it, just feel like I have to grin and bear it, and it's awful and yeah. And I really, really hope that the conversation might have contributed to the change of rhetoric around that um, and that it doesn't need to be one of those things to dread or one of those things to think of as a negative experience because it's an opportunity as well. Especially as if you think back to when we were like, you know, in our 20s, like how you're less confident, you're more worried about what people say or clothes or whatever i think in those pro-menopause years you probably got to a point where you're like yeah i'm actually pretty cool and i really like myself Absolutely. i'm not worried i'm not this like insecure 25 year old so actually it should be like yeah let's do this let's actually yeah, like absolutely. enjoy this phase because i've got to this point and I'm, I'm a real badass and i'm brilliant <laughs> let's just love it rather than so that's why it's all about just kind of going it's actually going to be okay get some help it's going to be all right and it's going to be fun yeah Lorna, thank you so very much. You're a gem. Thank you for having me. Next episode, we're talking about teenage anxiety with psychotherapist and founder of Teen Tips, Alicia Drummond. It was a fascinating conversation. The number of children seeking help has gone through the roof. As a therapist, it's kind of like watching a tsunami coming at you across the hill. We just get so many inquiries. We hope you enjoyed that conversation. Please do let us know what you thought. 
rate us on iTunes, follow us, share, and spread the word with others. This has been a Wild Nutrition podcast with Henrietta Norton. It's produced by Phil Bodger. Special thanks to Nina Humphreys, who composed our theme tune, and everyone at Wild Nutrition for their support. You can subscribe to Wild Nutrition Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And you can also find us on our website, wildnutrition.com. Thank you.